Welcome to Is This Scary? This is Phil. This is Zach. So Shelby's on vacation. So she gets to miss all of the rage. Um, so we're a little late to the party on this one. But I guess this is our reaction to both of the Munster trailers. Um, ah! Rob, what are you doing? I know that this is a pet project for Rob Zombie and Sherry Moon Zombie. But it looks like Paramount paid Rob to make a movie for Rob. Because it's this Technicolor nightmare. Herman Munster. I'm aware that this is some sort of, like reimagining at the beginning of Herman and Lily's relationship so Marilyn and Eddie don't even exist yet that's not the problem the fact is I I don't know that (sighs) this hurts me on the inside because Rob Zombie is a self-confessed Monsters super fan you could have fooled me Because watching this, I don't believe he's ever seen an episode of the show. So for me, one of the big things about it is the fact that, yes, the monsters came out in, what, the 50s? 60s. 60s? Yeah. You could have left the special effects back in the 60s. We have new special effects. I'm not even just talking about CGI and stuff. You could have just done better practical effects. It just looks so bad. It looks like... A campy, a campy film out of the '60s. I mean, you know, just with a lot of color. Sorry. You, you know what? This would look really good if it was. What's that? This was a college student film. I would be impressed. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. fact that this is a studio picture that had a ten-month shooting cycle. This hurts my brain. The uh, the grandfather. <laughs> Um, no Roebuck. Okay, Grandpa looks great. He's he was like the one that I was most interested in because he looked like he was going to be the funny one out of all of them. But these trailers play him off as the villain, as the bad guy, and I understand you need a villain in your stories, and that's fine. But it, it feels like all of the life that was in him, for the majority of it, isn't in him. I don't know, because out of the three leads that we have here, I feel that Grandpa's doing that, played by Daniel Roebuck, by the way, is doing the best. Oh, without a doubt. Um, because we also get Rob Zombie's favorite actress, his wife, Sherry Moon, doing her normal level of output. Bad. It just looks bad. Yeah. She's not a good actress. She's not. Just plain and simple. <sighs> you can just hear the disappointment coming from us. And, if you can um, hear these sighs. Jeff Daniel Phillips' take on Herman. I am aware that Herman is brought to life at the very beginning of the movie. But... Jeff Daniel Phillips sounds like he's going. I think the direction that he got was try to sound like your character's going through puberty. Because he's got this weird squeaky voice. And it's not at all what Fred Gwynn ever sounded like as Herman Munster. 
No, I, I, and I give you, I haven't watched a lot of the monsters. I've only seen clips here and there. And he doesn't, it, <laughs> this doesn't give me the same vibes. I'm not sure why they're choosing to do a, basically, why are we doing a romance comedy for this? This is not a rom-com. This is a family comedy. That's what it was written at. The Munsters was I. Oh, God. I am so disappointed right now. But anyway, The Munsters was brought into being as basically Leave it to Beaver, but the monsters are the family and they're the normal ones. And all the plain looking normies have all the hang ups and all the issues. And that's how the show was played, and it worked really well because we're talking about a show that ran for, what, two seasons? Yeah, ran for two seasons from 64 to 66, and we are talking about it in 2022. It's a show that made an impact. It's culturally, it's a cultural touchstone. It's one of those things that people keep going back to. They're very fond of it because it has lasted the test of time. This is not the way to pay an homage to it. And I'm glad it's not an official continuation or reboot or anything. This is a different universe for the monsters, but I don't know that I want to visit this one. Well, see, I find it hilarious real quick, though, the fact that I didn't realize they were still doing straight to DVD. Oh, it, yeah. It's, this is supposed to go straight to Blu-ray, but not just that. Instead of dropping it on Peacock, Universal's own streaming service, they're dropping it on Netflix. Yeah, Universal has, seems to have so little faith in this project, they won't even put it on their proprietary network. I am extremely worried. I didn't think I had to be. Because all of the black and white stills that we got, the costume design and everything, the costumes look great. Hear me out. But that's about it. They spent months rebuilding uh, the the house and the road and everything. And it looks like they end the movie there. I think we're going to end the movie getting to Mockingbird Lane. Which means that somehow Mr. Zombie has deluded himself enough that he's going to get to make more adventures with this version of the monsters. But... If, if these two trailers are an indication of quality, this is going to be it. Yeah, this is going to be bad. In fact, this might be the last time a studio gives Rob money if this flops as hard as it looks like it's going to. Let's be real here. If that's the case, we might get a good Rob Zombie movie again then. Let's be real here. His best movies are incredibly low budget this one has a fairly low budget because i actually looked into it and it is being made by paramount's crap sequel mill like that's the studio it's coming out of it's mm. i forget exactly what it's called but it's not like this is not a like paramount pictures film this is the let's put out sequels to popular Things studio. This this it is, is this coming what, out is, from the Blu-ray mill. Is this what brought us Frozen Two? Is this what brought us Frozen Two? You didn't like Frozen Two? 
I thought Frozen 2 was alright. I've only seen it like eight times. One of us has a uh, daughter. Can you guess who it is? The person who has seen Frozen 2 once or the person that saw Frozen 2 eight times. But back to the the point at hand. This, this movie's not... This movie, if it is good, I'll eat my own shorts. I'll I'll pull the... What is that? The, uh... Uh, the Simpsons gag. I don't remember where it, where it comes from, but it's. I don't. I don't think this is gonna be good. No. Oh. Oh, AVGN. That's that's who I stole that gag from. Yeah. So this is a Universal fourteen forty entertainment film. Guess what industry they're in? Because it's a division of Universal. But it's the direct-to-video arm of Universal. So they never planned on giving this a theatrical release from the get-go. So they were expecting it to be bad. And we're just taking a shot. I guess. So, sure, let's put out the details. If you're interested, apparently, um, it's going to... Be available for sale on um, Blu-ray, DVD, and digital on the 27th of September, 2022. At some time in the future, I'm going to assume before the end of October, it will stream on Netflix. Um, To say that I'm disappointed, again, understatement, but... I've also watched a few other videos and just go search for the monster trailer, the monsters trailer on YouTube. Nobody likes this except for the people that made it. Nobody. On that note, if you do happen to be one of the people that do like this for whatever reason, there is help out there for you. Now, in all seriousness, if you do watch this and you find it enjoyable or, or whatever, that's fine. You're allowed to have your opinion. We just think differently. And that's fine. I want... I honestly wanted this to be good. I was expecting I it, to, it be. to be... I was expecting it to be good. Well, but this is Rob Zombie making a family-friendly rom-com. <laughs> what, could, what could we... I, yeah, this is a PG movie. This is a PG movie. It's his first. And it's probably going to be his only... Uh, hear me out. Rob Zombie goes down the line of like Ice Cube and all of those uh, all of the uh, rappers that become family friendly movie stars. What you mean? You don't believe that Snoop Dogg and Martha Stewart aren't besties in real life? Hey, I what I'm saying <laughs> is I am excited for Cheaper by the Zombie. <laughs> oh, no. oh man! You know what though? Rob Zombie's uh, Cinderella—it'll be fantastic. Probably the best Cinderella movie to ever exist. Either that, or they should let him have a crack at Mary Poppins. <laughs> oh gosh! This <laughs> be—the worst part about this is we're both big fans of Rob Zombie. Specifically his music. His music's great. I, I was going to say, I've been listening 
to Rob Zombie's. I bought his debut solo album in '96 on CD when it was a current bestseller. And I have been a fan of his since the late 90s, literally. And obviously, at that time, I immediately discovered White Zombie because that was the only backlog. And I was like, wow, all of this music is great. And then he continued to make pretty good music. It went downhill a bit, which happens. And then he made his super indie darling, House of a Thousand Corpses. And it's great. And... Well, but then he made Halloween, and it was watchable. The the first Halloween has some really fun parts in it. It does. And then somebody let Rob do whatever he wanted in Halloween 2, and it's He didn't want to do Halloween 2. I know. The only way... That was his bargaining chip. He said, okay, I'll come back. What do you want? Creative freedom. It's an art film, because that's what Rob Zombie likes to make. Because if you look at the main, if you look at the, his body of work, including House of a Thousand Corpses, by the way. Oh, without a doubt. They're all art films. Yeah. The, uh, Except for the first Halloween. That's a studio picture. Oh, yeah. And it looks like one. Yeah, because he had, he had. People telling him no. He had reins. People had reins on him. Yeah. But uh, this movie, The Monsters, it's going to be, it's, it looks like. An art house film that someone's try, an art house film that someone's trying to make a like an art house family friendly movie. That's also a rom com. Yes, because that's the thing. Is like art house. <laughs> you don't really hear it in any other genre of of movies other than horror and thriller, because it that's where it works the best. You get you get to go from the smallest details to the most massive, like, artistic pieces that you can think of. Sure. And it works. Like yeah. I said, it does. Um, but, so, for those of you who haven't seen the trailer, like, the sets are all bathed in colored spots everywhere. And by spots, sorry, spotlights. Like, you can see in the background corners of everything, they just have spotlights shooting columns just straight up and they're not being subtle about it these are like vivid greens and reds and purples and blues like they are washing the background out and then the lightning effects you know I've seen where did I see similar lightning effect Highlander oh wait that came out the year I was born <laughs> <laughs> That was more believable lightning effects. So we have lightning effects from 1986. Um, I'm sure that Jeff Daniel Phillips, who is a capable actor and has actually proven that in the past, did his best with what Rob Zombie gave into him. Daniel Roebuck looks like he's going to turn in a good performance despite everything that's happening on screen. And Sherry Moon Zombie's going to do whatever the hell she does on, on the movie. She'll be there. Yep. She will be there because Rob Zombie's doing the movie. And then, like, there are quote-unquote homages to the 60s. You literally get a moment where Herman grabs one of his bandmates and throws him to the side. 
and you get a cartoon crash noise and a puff of smoke. And then there's a scene where a lady in a witch costume gets a look at the family and they literally do the like loopy, oh my goodness, faint, like goober sound effects. And when she hits the ground, there's like a crash noise. See, if you're gonna try to pay homage to like 60s slapstick stuff, you can do it. And that's fine. Update it. Don't take jokes that weren't funny. <sighs> Don't take jokes that weren't funny back then and put them and just put them on screen without editing them. Oh, well, audiences in the 60s didn't buy this. I'm going to use it. So something I I found really odd at both of the uh, trailers, they go to this club scene where uh, and it's like a it's like a music club rather than a dance club. If I looked right, I think they're calling the club like Zombie A Go Go or something. Something like that. And I'm saying the big worry that I see with that is are is Rob Zombie just gonna ham fist his music into this? It'd be the best part of the movie by accident. Because you have Herman singing on stage and everything. It's like, is is Herman just going to be the stand-in for Rob there? Is that is that what we're doing? I mean, the way Herman was emoting, he could have been singing a Rob Zombie song. I, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Okay, that's a good see, point. And when you... I saw the zombie on it, too. I didn't see the, the go-go. I thought they were aiming for kind of more of a stylized marquee. And it was telling you what was playing. That's, well, what do I know? However, it's... You know what, though? I can almost bet you I know the name of that band. It's Herman and the Monsters. Oh, God. Question for you. (laughs) Question for you. Uh, Where is uh, Mockingbird Lane? Where is it supposed to be? So, Mockingbird Heights was in New Jersey. That's the fictional town. And this whole rock scene or music scene is taking place in Transylvania. Yes. Do you, where's Go-Go from? Is that from Jersey? No, it's from D.C. D.C. Okay. is Go-Go. Go-Go is D.C.'s music. If you go to D.C., that's, that's what people promote. That's what people love to this day. Okay. That's their thing. How big is go-go music in uh, Transylvania or New Jersey? I was just saying. Okay, and then another thing we had to look up, because I thought about it. Because as long as Rob Zombie has been trying to do this, and with what we now know the plot to be, it being quoted as the greatest love story ever, Yep. Um, so, Fred Gwynn was not, was 38 in 1962, and Yvonne DiCarlo, who played Lily in the original, was 42. All right. So, Jeff Daniel Phillips is 54 years old. Sherry Moon Zombie is 51 years old, playing younger versions of the characters. The makeup doesn't look that good. No. They look older than 
what they're supposed to be. They don't look like they they're... look older than the original actors did yeah. in the original makeup. Yeah. Oh man. I just think that he was so hooked on what he originally wrote and who he originally cast. Because this could work. This whole setup, I have no real issue with. The casting is my problem because Rob is using his stable of actors. He didn't try to branch out and pull anybody new in. And there's plenty of new young actors that he could have harped on. That he could have ran in ran to. Come on, uh... And to be fair, they don't necessarily have to be young. Uh, what's Natalie Dormer doing recently? Just grab two people in their 30s and it would have worked just fine. Yeah. Yeah. Get, get like your C-list celebrities that aren't doing anything that are in their early to mid 30s. It would have been fine. It, they would have been slightly younger than the original actors. I mean, that's what you do. It's you, you don't do a pseudo prequel with older actors. It's weird. And so what? We're going to get two people in their 50s acting like they're teenagers in love? It's not weird or creepy or anything. Oh, this is... The more we analyze this, the more I don't want to see it. And I've been I've been the one actively finding all of the information about this. You were the one that was most excited about this from the get. <laughs> I feel like uh, I feel like I don't remember the, the main character's name, but from the from Misery, when he gets his uh feet smashed in, yeah. You've been hobbled, Phil. Yep. Yep. You know that thing you're excited about? Yeah. Ah! That's what it does to you. It hates you. Screw you. We're going to try to recreate Technicolor in a digital age. You know why Technicolor looks so vibrant and interesting? Because it was shot on film, and it's how they were figuring out color. It had that unique look because it was the technology of the time. You can't recreate it faithfully on on a digital medium, and Rob didn't have... I promise you the budget wasn't there to actually shoot a Technicolor film. So it would be very expensive today. Yeah. So now it's just garish. Because that's... I, I talked about all the spots, but the whole movie is like that. While the costume... Or trailer, well, at least. It's probably going to be the movie, unfortunately, but... Like, just certain scenes in that trailer, all of the clothing is really bright. Like, it looks like it's high-quality costumes, but why is Herman's velvet suit just a glowing purple? It's, it's a lot. It's a lot. I don't know. I don't have an answer for you, man. I don't... I don't have answers, man. Really don't. And I know we kind of disjointedly analyzed this, but if you've listened to any episodes of this podcast, this is how we do it. Well, um, you already know what to expect from us, so. Yeah. Um, I guess in closing, all I have to say is 
I'm worried. Why you hurt me? Why you hurt me, Rob? Why? Okay. And if you noticed at the beginning of the episode, we found some theme music. Yay, music. Yay. It's um, called Escape the Dead by... We're going to butcher the pronunciation because we found this online. We believe it's Jeff Lai Music. Thanks, Jeff. And let us know if we said your name wrong if you ever listen to this. Anyway, this is Zach. This is Phil. Stay spooky.